We had like the best day ever yesterday though. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yes. I finally wasn't sick, so we did some packing, but also it was nicer out. So we sat on our back mm-hmm. porch for like three hours just doing nothing because like people are doing yard work and you like hear the sounds of the city. Mm-hmm. It almost felt like a romantic day in the city. I was like, wow, this is like St. Louis is not oh that God. bad. Everyone makes I- it seem like it's Death Alley, but it was beautiful. Just I drink really a Dr. Just Pepper. Asked, were you guys were you guys super cutesy? And you totally were. Oh my gosh. I mean, yeah, kind of, but not really. We were sitting on our own chairs, like playing phone games with some music, just kind of chilling. It was awesome though. But that's the best mm. thing about like spring and warmer weather. Like again, why yes. I hate winter because there's so much less to do and you don't want to be outside. At least I don't. Fair enough. So I like a good fall day, but Yeah. Well, again, like it's still that like warmer weather where you're not like dying of the cold like you can go mm-hmm. out and walk around yes my ideal temperature me i don't it's not a specific degree although i do say 75 with a breeze however <laughs> my ideal date is yeah i was waiting no <laughs> is um where you like you can wear flip-flops with like jeans and a hoodie or like a t- like a t-shirt during the day and at night all you need is a hoodie that's it oh you need a light jacket oh you need a light mm-hmm. jacket no, I actually I can feel the weather you're talking about. It feels nice. Yeah. We had blankets yeah. on out yesterday, but we just kind of looked like old people sitting on our back porch. It was kind of cool. Oh, mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> well, I can taste again. So I had a Dr. Pepper. Oh my oh, god. Oh, yours came back so fast. Yeah. It did. My sister's was like still fucked up like weeks later. Oh wow. I can't do a lot of scent still. Like I can't smell that much, but like my tastes are coming back. That's awesome, dude. Like the last week, all I could taste was like salt. I could taste salt. That like never went away. So like I would what have salt. And, I know. Well, not salt. Too, I ate um, chips and salsa a lot because I was like, oh, yes, I can taste something. There you go. Uh, I was going to say, didn't um, your sister Morgan like try like ghost pepper sauce or something yeah, because she couldn't she's taste? like, I can't taste anything. I, I thought about doing that. And then I was like, there could be some really bad repercussions. Maybe just because I can't taste it doesn't my body likes it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe like for people if they if for any of you who have had COVID or maybe we'll get it. Sorry, knock on wood. I don't hope you don't. But like, mm-hmm. maybe if you're stuffed up, maybe you should eat really spicy stuff because one, you may not be able to taste it, and two, it'll unclog you. That's what Andrew said. Honestly, he's like, just try it and see if it relieves any symptoms. I'm yeah, like, I don't think we like where this boat's gonna go. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, too. We don't want too much spice. Thank you very much. No, we're going to the hospital for a different reason. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a baby. Burned a hole through my esophagus. We gotta go. <laughs> Basically. Okay, I'm the most bland eater. Can you imagine me putting any peppers in this esophagus? It would not know what to do with itself. Because mm-hmm. I will eat mild like, wings in my mustache up. area sweats. Like, I cannot do sweats. <laughs> no, mild from Buffalo Wild Wings. I'm like, oh, oh does anyone feel the heat in here? Is it turning it up? So, uh-uh. I don't think we like that. So Zach, um, for like a little Valentine's gift off of Etsy, he bought like these hot sauces and they're all some type of like ghost pepper sauce, but Mm -hmm. like they came in like a pack of three. So like it starts out with like friendly ghost and then, (laughs) so that one's like very tame. It actually is really good. And then there's like a honey one Mm -hmm. also like mild, I would say also like normal heat. And Mm -hmm. then the actual Mm. like ghost pepper, really spicy one. I've, it's pretty good. Whoa. It's not too dangerous morgan okay maybe not for you i don't think you would enjoy it but <laughs> i'm with sarah on the whole like yeah okay it's you like could start as the lead the most bland i'm the medium yeah. bland 
For heat, for heat. And then Aaron's on a whole nother... She's an escalator above it. I would say I just told you I sat in my back porch with a blanket and a Dr. Pepper and it was a great day. You don't have to say bland on spices. We can say a bland on all things. I'm, I own it. I'm fine with that. I changed my name on Animal Crossing to um, Friendly Grandma. So... <laughs> <laughs> That's my passport name. So... Yes. <laughs> it almost sounds more... anything... <laughs> <laughs> I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'm like the like I'm like the grandma who's had too much wine on Christmas, but all the time. So we did both test at 70 years old for how old are you? So mm-hmm. that, that's why we're such good friends. We got a young yes, whippersnapper in our group over here. The glue, yeah, really keeping us in line, keeping us yeah. full. <laughs> Try to. Yes. I will say. I also had a fun night last night. Uh, yeah, you did. <laughs> I did, yes. Well, I was starting off with some wine, and then I had some moonshine, and then I finished the night with wine. I drank, like, a whole bottle, so <laughs> not so a moonshine. for those at home, obviously, Morgan and I talk so much more, like, volume-wise than Erin. So whenever she Snapchats me first, first of all, I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. And then when it's a message in Snapchat of all capital letters, mm-hmm. uh, did you say, I'm lit, moonshine and wine don't mix, LOL. I'm a little drunk ladies, and I said, I'm a little drunk ladies. Yep, I'm a little drunk ladies. And then it was the wine and moonshine, oh, in all caps. And then Sarah goes, Sarah, the only response was, oh, Lord. Yep. Because I saw it, and I was like, I don't even know where this is going. Are we recording tomorrow? Are you alive? I was actually surprisingly a little a little bit of a headache. I did realize though, so I'm like going to put my contacts in, and I open up the left one and there's no contact, and I'm like my dumbass, I dropped it. It's somewhere wherever. I'll have to put in new ones. I open the right one and there's there, two. There con- they're both there. in there. <laughs> I have never done that before, even like super drunk, super blacked out. So that was the first. Welcome to the club. Um, <laughs> it's because you mix that moonshine and wine. Contacts are not cheap, bro. So, like, especially my thing is I hate when you lose one because then they're diff. Like, no matter what Mm -hmm. you do, once you open a contact lens, they slowly start to like shrink, and that's kind of how I know I need to swap mine out. Like, they start to like not fit your eye correctly. Yeah. So if you lose one, that's like, well, fuck. If this one's about ready to be tossed, and I guess I'll open two new ones, but then you feel like you're (sighs) wait. You know what we need to do? Hmm. A bring monocles back. Okay, so with every case of um, contacts you get, there should be a third box with like a glass monocle. Just so it's like a, a badge of dishonor. Like, yes, I have wasted one, but I need to see. And that's how you know you'll never waste it because you had that third monocle option. Till, till the other one's ready to be tossed. Yeah. I mean, yep. you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. We'll start a business. Okay. Well, I don't know what it's called yet. What is it? The peanut man? Mr. Peanut man? Not the Monopoly man. Yes. Or is it the Monopoly Monopoly Man, Man. not the Peanut Man? uh, No, the Monopoly Man does not have a monocle. Neither do I. Okay, but (laughs) I am on a podcast, and my name is Sarah. Good morning. Welcome to Sinister Sunrise. (laughs) Oh, hey, I'm Morgan. And I'm Erin. I'm also on this podcast. (laughs) Uh, Same, sometimes. I'm saying, Morgan, are you? Are we just. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. And I have the game today, so we're going to do something a little different. Okay. Mostly because I thought I was going to be there in person, but plot twist, I miscounted. Or maybe I'm just being an anxious person. I don't know. We're going to give it one more day of COVID quarantine. 
Yeah. Um, so we are doing like an origami race, I guess. Oh, God. Um, I had the gals. This We should have recorded this. This was an ordeal. Cut out a piece of paper into a perfect square where Listen, you just fold one corner down. Which already started off <laughs> terribly. I know. Pretty I was watching you guys and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> it was a diamond. A literal perfect diamond, but a diamond. It was a perfect square. diamond. So <gasps> I, in our group, I sent um, a picture of instructions of how to do the origami thing we're going to do. I just Googled uh, easy origami and got okay, a picture so of it. Don't look at it yet. Don't look at it yet. Okay. Nope. Okay. Because um, it is a race. So the first person to get them done, you know, first, Sarah, second, third. how do we know Jeez. you didn't practice, you little cheater? Because I... am just kidding. I didn't. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. She had Clay next too... to her. And yeah. she's like, time me. <laughs> I'm going to get this down. <laughs> Under a minute. Yep. You Sorry. see me making one and I just grabbed to left a perfect one. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this whole thing? Oh, wow. Yes. Like those baking shows, they just pull the finished thing out of the oven. Like yes, <laughs> oh my god, I hate that. Just thought skip. All right, my square is okay. kind of small, so I hope. Okay, all right, I'm gonna be okay. I think they actually probably should be smaller. The ones I made are huge, but I think maybe it works better if they're small. I don't know. Oh, okay. So we'll, we'll see. All right, on your marks, get set, go. All right. Oh Jesus Christ. Okay. So. Okay. Oh God, guys, no, I messed this up already. Oh no. Okay. Because it wants you to start with the full rectangular piece of paper. I thought you're always supposed to have a square piece. Sarah. Well, I mean, we could still do it with. Do you have one more sheet of paper that is not an. I'm just going to go for it, bro. Yeah. Okay. I'm getting down for going for it. Let's just see. I'm I'm not going to. It's not going to be pretty. I'll use my square for using. I literally chose the one origami that does not need to be a square. Oh, this wait. is how you know I didn't I look at it. I think you have to have a rectangle for the bottom part of the boat. So I'm going to fold mine in half and I'm just going to trim. All right. So pause. Do you want to fold them in half and trim? Right. Is that because that's a rectangle, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, kind of. Kind It's like now we're doing a little... Let me know when you guys are ready. Sorry, I'll wait. Okay, um, I'm okay, I think. Yeah, it's oh. just very small. He, he, he's a small boy. Erin, are you trimming? I mean, I don't really know. Fuck <laughs> y'all, I'm going for okay. it. Okay, I'm unpausing, so. Okay. I fucking don't. Guys, is this supposed to be like the easy one? Um, I don't think. <laughs> Who's rating this? Wait, what? Step number four got me fucked up. Fold up in this. Oh! Nope. <laughs> oh. oh, I kind of. Oh. Okay, hold on. Oh, I kind of get it. I don't okay. I, do. I think I used to have like an origami book when I was a kid. Of course she fucking did. But did I ever do it? No. Um, one of our friends got me a. <laughs> oh, maybe. One of um got a magic for kids kit, and I was using that the other day. I can do one total magic trick. Crease. You'll well, have to show like... us your magic tricks later on. I will. Okay, pull out the sides and flatten. How in the world is that going to work? <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, 
okay, okay. Okay. I cut mine really bad. <laughs> what? I messed this up. Oh, wait, I don't no, even know how I, I got here. Can we just like rate how? Can we rate how ours look? I think I kind of got it. I don't think it's supposed to be this way, but I'll say I'm done. So. Oh no, wait, I fucked up. I've just made a hat and I oh. can't undo the hat. So oh, no. I have a hat. Okay, we're just gonna have to rate how ours look because I'm calling it quits. I yeah. think I did okay. all, everything I could do. Yep. Fair enough. Oh, Aaron's won. Aaron won. Well, I don't know. I just made a hat. Um, this is how. Oh, Aaron's actually is the boat. Here's mine. It looks really pretty. Yeah, you've made a a flower. (laughs) It's a flower. I got creative, so fuck everybody. Okay, so probably Erin's first, because hers is the closest to what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Mine doesn't have a... I'll go last. (laughs) Okay, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Okay, that was a new attempt. Yeah. Erin, what you got? It's different. Um, Okay. uh, Sarah, do you want to, like... Hold yours up and take a picture. <laughs> yeah. Like a little screenshot. Can one of you guys t- yeah. take it? Because I only have one hand to, and now they, I think, right? Oh, no, it's not. You're right. Hold on. Or put it on your mic. Got it. Perfect. There we go. My boat is sailing. There we go. <gasps> it's going hey. in the trash later. Just he not right me. now. He loves me. He loves me not. Oh, yep. He love me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Well, that we was fun. so hard on these. Thank you. That was something different. Thanks, Sarah. Yeah. It worked like a charm. Um, oh, I do have exciting news. Yeah. I have officially filled up my notebook. Woo. Hey. So I have to uh, get a new one. So today I will be talking about the case of Mary Bell. Mary Bell. Mary Bell. Mm-hmm. Teach me. Mary Bell was born on May 26, 1957, in an impoverished part of Newcastle that was notorious for violence and crime. Since birth, she suffered from neglect and physical and mental abuse. According to All That Is Interesting, when her mother, 16-year-old Betty, first laid eyes on her, she reportedly told the doctors to, quote, take that thing away from her. (gasps) Oh, my God. Okay, a little comedic relief. Get that thing away from me, so help me. <laughs> <laughs> right? From uh, Monsters, Inc. Is not the Put song. Put that thing back where it okay, came from, Mara, so, so help me. So help me. That's so what it is. That's what... Cut. <laughs> yeah. But this was less funny. Um, a little more sad. Oh, yeah. Sorry. A little more serious than that. So, yeah. Not mom of the year. Betty traveled to Glasgow for sex work and was rarely at home, frequently leaving Mary with relatives or acquaintances. There was one time... Betty actually took Mary to an adoption agency and handed her over to a random woman, but Betty's sister witnessed the whole thing and got Mary back. Oh, wait, the mom's sister? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, at least she got a cool auntie. What, what mm-hmm. the fuck? At least someone is looking out for her. Yeah. Jesus Christ. All right. Or does she? I don't know. If your mom doesn't want you that bad, like, yeah. adoption's not a bad way to go. Or just... like, can you just take her? The yeah. Well, I think from, she's not in a good spot. From what I've read, like Betty did, like drop Mary off with like relatives, and they were always down to like just keep her. But Betty would always just come back. Okay, psycho. Oh. I know. Yeah, that's weird. At least from what I've read, mm-hmm. so it seemed like she wanted that control over her life. Don't really know. It's all messed up. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Mary never knew her um, biological father, but for most of her life, she suspected her dad was Billy Bell, a man who was repeatedly in trouble with the law and later arrested for armed robbery. Billy and Betty ended up getting married sometime during Mary's infancy. But regardless if he was her biological father or not, I don't believe he was in the picture much either. But she, but did her mom say that's your dad? I don't, I don't think so. Apparently, oh. apparently her biological father is unknown. Oh. Yeah. So that's also a lot to deal with, too. She's got a lot uh, going against her there, it seems like. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mary wasn't better off when her mother was home. Family members attest that Betty tried more than once to kill Mary, making it appear accidental. There was... What? (laughs) There was an incident where Mary fell out of a window and another time where she overdosed on sleeping pills. Jeez, do we know the ages of those? Uh, very, and then she ran into young. my knife. Cool. She ran into my knife ten times. <laughs> like, okay. Jesus. Um, very young and no. overdosing on sleeping pills. Yeah, sounds like it's her doing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Did she, she have a long day or something? Yeah. 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 She definitely got into Jesus. the... Jesus. Didn't get her nap in kindergarten, so... Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. According to Mary's later accounts, her mother had apparently also forced her to engage in sexual acts with men when she was just five years old. This wasn't verified by family members, but whether or not that's true, Mary undoubtedly had a very traumatic childhood. She even experienced loss at a young age, witnessing her five-year-old friend um, getting run over and killed by a bus. Oh, I got chills. Yeah. Oh, I don't like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. As Mary got older, she started acting out. Obviously, she was disruptive in school, was known to be a chronic liar, and talked about her desire to hurt people an unhealthy amount. I believe it. I mean, she's literally given, like, no shot. So, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. On May 11th, 1968, Mary and her friend Norma Bell, um, who, no relation to her at all, um, were playing with a three-year-old boy on top of an air raid shelter when the boy seemingly fell off the ledge. He was badly injured, but authorities determined that it was an accident. The next day, three mothers contacted police about Mary, stating that she had attacked and choked their daughters. In Gita Soretti's book, The Case of Mary Bell, A Portrait of a Child Who Murdered, Norma, who had been present during the incident, told officers, quote, Mary went to the other girl and said, what happens if you choke someone? Do they die? Then Mary put both hands round the girl's throat and squeezed. The girl started to go purple. I then ran off and left Mary. I'm not friends with her now. End quote. Okay, that is a true interview with a child, though. Yeah. Like, we are no longer friends. Mm-hmm. But, whoa, that's terrifying. Uh, yes. Oh, I got the ship. Whoa. Very much escalating. And she's still, like, elementary age at this point? Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Because that takes some time uh, to strangle someone. Mm-hmm. Like, to choke them so they lose color. That's... Yes. That's a lot of focus, first of all, for a kid. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. And you started, like, there's no animal abuse? You just went straight to your friends? As far as I know, yes. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. As far as I know, she didn't hurt animals. Or if that was the case, I just, I don't know Mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. It didn't show up during my research, at least. Mary was questioned by police, and according to the official report, she was lectured and given a warning. But in the end, she wasn't, like, charged with anything. Solid. Didn't get any discipline or anything. I mean, this is... I don't even care if she doesn't get... Go ahead, Sarah. Go ahead. Oh. (laughs) I was going to say, I don't care if she doesn't get discipline. I mean, I know it's not right, but it's like, 
can someone maybe look at her surroundings? Like, why is she acting out like this? Or like, get her because some- sometimes it is like there's something wrong with them, but also it's like usually there's a little background that's leading someone to make these decisions when they're under 10 years old. Yeah. It's also the, I don't know. It was also the 1960s. I was going to so say, I think, it's the 60s. They, oh, they, no. I, I always put my, I put up like all these stories in it that it happened like 2015. Yeah. Even though I know you right. just when, said 1957. Yep. Oh, yeah. And unfortunately, God, mental they, health. Okay. What's that? It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lord. Okay. Yeah. You were right. in a bad home. Oh, well. Like, but I'm trying to keep myself Back no, then. keep that mindset. We have another accidental theme of this episode then oh, because yes. Shit. Oh, oh, all right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Love when it works out that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, the officer's warning didn't have the desired effect. On May 25th, one day before her 11th birthday, Mary strangled four-year-old Martin Brown to death in an <gasps> abandoned house in Scottswood. Mary left the scene and went to see Norma, telling her that there had been an accident. The two girls made their way to the abandoned house, but to Mary's surprise, there were two boys there that had been playing inside and who had stumbled across (gasps) Martin's body. The boys told Mary and Norma to get out, and they notified police. According to Sereni's book, Mary and Norma went to find Martin's aunt to tell her that he had been in an accident. They told her there was blood all over and that they could take her to where it happened. What? Mm Mm-hmm. Something is not right. Yeah. Yeah, there well, a lot. Obviously. A lot. When police arrived at the scene, they noted that Martin's face had a bit of blood and saliva on it. But besides that, there were no clear signs of violence. There were no marks on his neck or anywhere else on his body. They also discovered an empty bottle of aspirin on the floor. And with this being the only evidence they had, they speculated Martin possibly ate all of the pills and his death was ultimately ruled an accident. In the official report, though, the cause of death was declared open So I guess it meant, like, technically his death was undetermined, but most assumed um, he died by, like, a horrible accident. It was just a tragic accident. Okay. Mm -hmm. Martin's family and others in town, however, started to grow suspicious of both Mary and Norma's odd behavior. The day after Martin's death, Mary strangled Norma's younger sister, but fortunately Norma's father saw the whole thing and got Mary um, safely away from her. The girl spoke with Martin's aunt again, asking her if she missed Martin and if she cried for him. In the days after uh, Martin's death, June Brown opened her front door to find Mary standing on the porch. Mary asked to see Martin and June gently told her that it wouldn't be possible for her to see him since he was dead. Mary responded, quote, oh, I know he's dead. I wanted to see him in his coffin, end quote. I am. What would Girl. what would you do? <laughs> How would you react? Okay. I uh, like this. Uh, you know what's terrible? My first reaction was laughter because I'm just so uncomfortable, yeah. and I'm ho- I'm holding in the laughs because I know well, that's really inappropriate. Yeah. But I'm just like, oh, what? Yeah. But that's, that's a that is a horror movie scene. Yes. Right there. A fucking like, little girl in like a tattered dress. I know. I want to see him in his coffin. Yeah. And then her head starts spinning 360 degrees. Or it just yeah. kicks once to the side. Peggy. Which is worse? We don't know. <laughs> ooh, ooh, Peggy, I don't yep. know. Yes. The last thing uh, to expect, especially from that young of a girl. And June was so like disturbed by this that she just slammed the door on her. I- Go okay, I don't really blame her. Yeah, don't blame her at all. I would do the same Shut thing. Shut it. 
Mary and Norma also broke into a nursery school, and when teachers arrived to work on Monday, they discovered that the place had been vandalized. A bunch of, um, like, grammatically incorrect scribbled notes were also discovered. One said, I murder so that I may come back. Another said, look out, there are murders about. And another took responsibility for Martin's death, saying, we did murder Martin Brown. It says, fuck of, but I think it's supposed to be fuck off, you bastard. Oh yeah! Oh, so that's some. I can tell you right nice. now, eleven-year-old me did not know. That. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mm-mm. No. No. Mm-mm. no. Police took these notes but filed them away as a sick prank. This hadn't been the first time the nursery had been broken into, so they decided to install an alarm system. According to all that is interesting, several nights later, Mary and Norma were caught on the nursery security camera. This since the girls were like apparently outside when police arrived and maybe the camera was outside. I'm not really sure. Um, and they denied breaking in before the officers turned a blind eye and just let them go. I also forget this is a time before your parents knew where you were every minute of the day. Because yes. to me, I'm like, they get to just go around at nighttime. I'm like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. this was the 60s. Yeah, okay. Sun was up. People were about. Yeah. Damn. Yep. All right. Mary's odd behavior was also noticed at school. One day she drew unsettling pictures of a child in her notebook. The child was in the same position Martin had been found in. A bottle was drawn near the child that had the word tablet on it, and a man was walking near him. The notebook entry below the picture read, quote, On Saturday, I was in the house, and my ma'am sent me to ask Norma if she would come up the top with me. We went up, and we came down at, it says Margaret's, it might be Margaret's Road, I'm not sure. And there were crowds of people beside an old house. I asked what was the matter. There had been a boy who just lay down and died. End quote. Apparently, though, this didn't, like, strike the teacher as odd. And the creepy, like, picture and journal entry was just never addressed. Okay, to be fair, out of all the weird things someone would say, to hear a kid say that another kid laid down and died because he was dead, I was like, okay, you know what? That makes sense. You're trying to justify what happened to... Yes. That would not freak me out as much as, can I see his body? Oh, like, 100%. Like, because I feel like a lot of those kids probably would have questions. Yeah. Too. Town, yeah. But the fact that it didn't, like, one, either strike the teacher as odd or just like, oh, hmm, maybe. Mary is grieving. It was something, you know, like. Well, because it's her 50th strike now. Like, she's been doing weird things. Maybe, yes. Maybe I should show her parents and make sure they there are taking is. care of her at home. Yeah, that's there it not, is. That's not non 60s. I'm sorry, but like, they had parent teacher conferences a lot. <laughs> like, okay. Jesus. Ooh, yes. Okay, okay, okay. Mary would also outright tell her classmates she killed Martin. There was an incident ah. where a boy saw Mary attack Norma and scream, I am a murderer. She also pointed to the abandoned house Martin was discovered in and proclaimed, quote, that house over there, that's where I killed, end quote. Since Mary was known as a compulsive liar, though, no one took her claims yeah. seriously. So, And I'm not trying to be this person. I will probably have a psychopath child and not know it. I feel like kids just say weird stuff. They like, do. correct me. I mean, I know this is a little beyond it, but she's a known liar. Her family life's not her family life's not great. Ugh. I don't know. I don't know. I can't keep giving her excuses. This is getting really weird. Oh, yeah. Yeah. At this point, there I'm, are too many strikes. Like if. Yeah. I'm trying to like give some leeway because I'm like I know it's a different time I can see how you'd be like 
oh, kids are really bizarre, whatever. They say the darkest no, this things. Is, <laughs> <laughs> they say the murderous things. <laughs> but this is, she's pushing it. She's pushing it for yes. me. I, uh, when, we, when you said they, they, she was a compulsive liar and they turned a blind, blind eye, I immediately was like, oh, is that why they have the nursery rhyme? But my brain did the like, uh, Mary had a little lamb and a uh, crying wolf. Oh. story and turned it into one and here we are mary had a little lie Ma- mary had a little lie. mary had a big ass lie oh my god yeah okay actually big ass truth so, okay. well that's Ooh. true oh yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> all right i'm i'm with it i'm <laughs> yep near the end of june mary went to three-year-old brian howe's house and told his family that norma had strangled martin she even demonstrated it by like putting her hands around her own throat before running off Let's just count the strikes. <laughs> um, I got nothing besides get that girl some help. So help me. So help me. If only, if only that happened. I'm not. I'm not well. Because <laughs> this is now like a fascination. Like even if she had not done it, this is. Yes. Well, when I was a, researching this, I was like, dang it. I wish I, w- I would have like messaged you about it. Maybe you could have done a deep dive. <laughs> As well. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm, getting, I don't. <laughs> I'm cold. Mm-hmm. I'm not... It's very chilling. Very, very creepy. Oh, no. <laughs> On July 31st, Mary took another life, this time with an accomplice. Mary and Norma strangled Brian Howe to death, and with a pair of scissors, they punctured his thighs and mutilated his penis. When the girls returned home, they noticed that Brian's sister, Pat, was searching for him. They offered to help find him, and they went with Pat through the neighborhood and across railroad tracks to an industrial area where kids were known to play among, like, the old cars and construction material. When they came upon some large concrete blocks, Mary told the girls, oh, he might be playing behind the blocks or between them. But Norma was like, oh, no, he never goes over there, knowing full well that Brian's body was, like, between the concrete blocks. Um, is Norma okay? Are we checking on both children? Because we should they be. are now a murderous gang. Bri- mm-hmm. Brian is, is um, three? Three. You let a three-year-old go that far from home? They're yes. Three? I mean, if they seem like nice enough competent girls and they get that kid off your hand for a few That's hours, yeah. I can see a parent in the 60s being like, oh, what nice young girls. So go ahead. Go him, play. The parents let the girls take him? I couldn't tell you. I that. think this is a different time. Again, it is very different, different time. Okay. And also, you would almost—it'd be weirder if it was a bunch of little. Well, not really. Think about what society thinks about little girls, though. Wouldn't you think like, oh, they're kind of maternal. It's gonna be cute. They're yeah. probably gonna go just romp around and come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he got an older sister, so you know, take her with you. I, that's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. I'm uh-uh, just, that old like. At least he's he, a mess. Get out of the house for a second. I have actual chores. He's messing all this up. Get out. Mm-hmm. But at least she was like, okay, he's not back. Like something's off. Whatever. Yeah, yes. Yeah. But again, it also makes me think like maybe, I don't know. Maybe they didn't know he was with Norma and Mary then. That's if, what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Where are your so, parents? <laughs> yeah. So who knows? How, mm. I'm, I'm not really sure if they like met up or if they took him and the parents just maybe, didn't yeah, know. Maybe there was like a bunch of kids there and then everybody left but him. Yeah. Something weird shit Mm -hmm. oh i hate this okay norma later told police that mary wanted pat to find her brother's body just so she could like witness her reaction but pat decided to leave and search in a different area normal so normal Mm -hmm. 
I used to be excited, like, my mom would open gifts that I made her, you know? Yeah, isn't that the best? Like a necklace? Yeah, some macaroni art. Mm-hmm. Mom, I mm-hmm. made this for you. Not- and then she'd have to pretend like it looked really nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only reaction I want. Exactly. Um, actually, the, the reaction I avoided was disappointment or sadness. Mm-hmm. So, um, we're Maybe we're the weird Mary ones. Mary and I. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, she thrives on it. I feel awkward when someone acts that way. So I'm like, Ugh. like when you want to like get out of the room, like, oh no. <laughs> yes. We're going to end this conversation. Oh, I'm going to, uh, okay, stop talking. I'm going to go. I'm like clenching my fist. I am. Okay. I'm reminding myself to breathe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry if you can hear me like breathing in the microphone team. Um, I'm, I got to stay calm during this, yo. I'm not doing good. <laughs> Brian's body wouldn't be discovered until 11.10 that evening, covered with grass and weeds, with a pair of broken scissors lying nearby. The neighborhood was obviously completely shocked by the discovery. In just two months' time, two young boys had been found dead, and the town was in a panic. Police began to interview children between the ages of 3 and 15 in the hopes that one of them had seen something that might lead them to a potential suspect. Mm-hmm. Police were also now questioning whether Martin's death had actually been an accident or if he had met an even worse fate. When the coroner's report came back, police learned that little force was used to kill Brian, so this suggested that his killer may have been a child. A mark in the shape of the letter M was also discovered on his torso. According to Sereni, the coroner noted that the carving was originally made out in the letter N, but then like a fourth cut appeared to have been added, possibly by a different person, changing it to the letter M. Oh. Like for Norma and Mary? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> um. Very disturbing. Okay. <laughs> During... <laughs> I'm sorry. Yo, you're good. I just It's a lot to take well, in. It's yeah, it does not feel normal. Okay, cool. Great. During their interviews, investigators couldn't help but notice Mary's enormous strange behavior. Norma seemed way too excited about the murder. According to an officer, Norma was constantly smiling like she thought it was a big joke. Mary, on the other hand, was evasive, and she was spotted by Detective James Dobson the day of Brian's burial outside of the Howe home rubbing her hands together when the coffin was brought out. Police were informed that Mary had been seen with Brian on the day of his death, so they brought her in for a second interview. Mary made up the story about an eight-year-old boy she had seen that day carrying a pair of broken, um, like, scissors, walk up to Brian Mm -hmm. and hit him on the head. Police, however, weren't buying Mary's story, though, because the fact that Brian had been mutilated hadn't been made public. Oh. Yeah. (sighs) <sighs> but when the 11 year old thinks she can outsmart everyone right. and they finally <laughs> catch her mm-hmm. it's only been what like 18 million years Jesus <laughs> feels like it detectives closed it on Mary who at this point was now saying she had been present when Brian died but that Norma was the killer mm-hmm. Norma had actually been brought into the station by Detective Dobson before Brian's funeral for further questioning where she stated Mary came to get her to show her Brian's body when they got to the concrete blocks, Mary told her, quote, I squeezed his neck and pushed up his lungs. That's how you kill them. Keep your nose dry and don't tell anybody. End quote. She is older than her years. Like something is. Yes. That's a demon. Mm-hmm. If reincarnation cases were real, I would be. I mean, they may be. I don't know, but I would be asking about her. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That 
night, Norma gave an official statement, and after a few more hours of questioning, both Mary and Norma were charged and held at the Newcastle West End Police Station. On December 5th, 1968, Mary and Norma's trial for the murders of Martin Brown and Brian Howe were held and would end up lasting about nine days. According to Sereni, Norma cried and acted nervous during the trial, while Mary acted cold and indifferent. Evidence revealed that... <laughs> I'm sorry. It's also, like, it's not surprising at all. Something is so wrong. No. Yeah. Girlfriend, no. So Norma's Help her. acting like a child while Mary's just like, oh, well. Yeah, it seems like Norma has realized now, like, oh, this they're not coming back. Like, this is real. This is real, real. Mm-hmm. I'm crying. This is not great. Mm-hmm. And Mary's like, yes, my plan is perfect. Yes. Okay, I'm not evil. <laughs> crazy little girl evidence revealed that gray fibers from one of mary's wool dresses were found on both victims bodies maroon fibers from norma's skirt were discovered on brian's shoes and handwriting analysis verified that norma had written at least one of the notes left in the nursery however the majority believed mary was the only guilty party and norma only acted as an accomplice under mary's manipulation in his closing argument prosecutor rudolph lyons told the court quote in Norma, you have a simple, backward girl of subnormal intelligence. In... Oh. Oh. <laughs> I was just like, whoa! <laughs> and then, in Mary, you have a most abnormal child. Aggressive, vicious, cruel, incapable of remorse. A girl, moreover, possessed of a dominating personality, with a somewhat unusual intelligence and a degree of cunning that is almost terrifying. End quote. So he compliments the crazier one yeah. and just really kicks Norma when she's down. Right? Norma. No, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. Dumb as a horse. D- Wait, that- was that a saying? Why did I just say that? Dumb as a horse. D- Dumb as a box of rocks? I don't know. Why did I say horse? Dumb as a horse. I don't think I've heard that. I've never heard that. Dumb as a Why did I say that? Horses are smart. <laughs> I mean. This case is making uh, me go crazy. Okay, 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 okay. Norma. Stupid. <laughs> Apparently. Mary. She got it. She bare she's a very high Q. She's just not challenged enough yeah. in school. But That's I also love I also I also love how he's just like, oh, she's like she's only intelligent because she's apparently abnormal. Mm-hmm. I'm like well, because she is a girl now. No, see, that's now, listen, exactly what I'm For her to think like that, it is just something we've never seen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Mm-mm. Oh, God. In just under four hours, the jury found Mary guilty of both Martin's and Brian's murders. A court psychiatrist had examined Mary and determined she presented with, quote, classic symptoms of psychopathy, end quote. What? Crazy. <sighs> Never saw that coming. Mm-mm. But then again, we're only girls. Mm-hmm. So right. I bet you the men saw. Mm-hmm. Our subnormal intelligence. <laughs> Dr. Orton testified at Mary's trial, stating, quote, she showed no remorse what, uh, whatsoever, no tears and no anxiety. She was completely unemotional about the whole affair and merely resentful at her detention, end quote. I could see no real criminal motivation. Instead of being charged with murder, Mary's ruling was changed to manslaughter because of diminished responsibility. Justice mm. Cusack sentenced Mary to be detained at Her Majesty's pleasure, which basically just meant she would be in prison for an undetermined amount of time until authorities decided she could be released. Like the queen said, she's good. 
yeah so it's like whoa yeah whoa it's yeah it's really interesting um please say there was no pardons or whatever the fuck they do over there i'll get to that in a second norma was um spared of any charges and was acquitted however i read that she was later given three years probation for breaking into the nursery and she was placed under psychiatric supervision anything after that i have no idea about norma Okay, so hear me out. Mm-hmm. This is not going to be a popular opinion. I get that. So her psychopathy symptoms, it makes sense because think of her childhood. She was probably never this is really held. Oh, I thought you meant Mary. I'm sorry. I have no idea about Norma. Besides that, she's dumb, I guess. <laughs> no, yeah, so. <laughs> Simple and stupid. Yes. Yeah, so Mary was detained at Her Majesty's Pleasure. So currently, that's what I missed a bit. There it yeah, is. So currently, yeah, charged for okay, an unforeseen okay. amount of time. Norma was spared, but then later she was charged with like something and under psychiatric supervision. After that, no idea what happened Good. with Norma. So Dude, she pro- hopefully she wouldn't change her name and got the fuck out of there. I would. I would imagine. I would think. Witness protection, something. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> I'm out. Mm-hmm. simple normal's like i gotta go be simple yeah there. somewhere else <laughs> <laughs> this city life is crazy <laughs> as rough as mary's sentence sounds she ended up being released from prison at the age of 23 according to all that is interesting she was released on license which meant she was still required to serve her sentence but she could do so while living in her community under a rigorous probation so like house arrest God, God, that's what I yeah. read it as. As long as someone is watching her, I Man, go for it. She better have like, a goddamn ankle monitor on. That's all I got to yes. say. But from what I've read too, I think she was officially released. Ooh. So upon her release, Mary was given a new identity. But the press and the public were able to figure it out quite a few times. So on more, <gasps> than, one, on more than one occasion, Mary was forced to move, taking on a new name every single time. Oh, that's bad. Yeah, those well, tabloids, man. I mean, the mom did say when she was born, get that hideous thing away from me, right? What did she say when Mary was born? Oh, get that thing away from me. Yeah, like maybe she got some distinct facial features or something. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I don't know if others knew. <laughs> not sure what gave it away. I don't know. Maybe she got a big old honker. Maybe she, maybe, I don't know. I mm-hmm. don't know. I'm just putting it out Maybe there. it's the M's that she keeps carving in everyone's chest <laughs> that gives her away. <laughs> Maybe she's just changed, like, Mary, Mary Ann, Mary Jane. Maybe she's just, like, slightly changed. Yeah. <laughs> that would be so dumb. All right, well, maybe it's Norma helping her pick out the name. That explains so much. Oh, my God. All right. She keeps writing her new name to Norma, and yeah. she's putting it everywhere. Yep. <laughs> well, you should have said it's double top secret yeah. if it's double top mm-hmm. secret. <laughs> You know I have subnormal intelligence. Come on now. (laughs) You know I have donkey brains. (laughs) Because one man said so. God, these poor people. Mm -hmm. Literally, I feel like everyone is a victim in this story. This is all terrible. It is all terrible. Mary did give birth to her daughter in 1984 and lived maybe a seemingly normal life. Not really sure. Uh, but she was tracked down yet again by a tabloid. Journalists found her home and camped out in front of it, causing Mary and her family to escape with bedsheets over their heads. And at that point, Mary's daughter was 14 and had no idea about her mother's crimes. <gasps> I was just going to ask. Yeah, she had no idea. 
And then Norma had no idea those sheets on their heads didn't make them ghosts. She thought they were all <laughs> dead. Like, oh, the spirits among us. <laughs> Maybe we should call Scooby Doo. Oh, he helps my American crew. Fourteen. Yeah. I bet you the fear of God was putting her that day. She's never going to talk back again. Mm-hmm. Mama's How- a murderer. Yeah. No, terrifying. that's terrifying mm-hmm. and disruptive. Like, now her poor life has turned upside. I mean, it probably wasn't awesome, but man, that is a yeah. revelation to find out. I'm not, yes, that alone. And I don't even know how many times she moved before. Like, mm-hmm. all the excuses she probably had to come up with. Like, yeah. oh, getting a new job or yep. Yep. wasn't a good fit. I don't know. That's that's a lot. That is a bit. Wow. On wow, wow, wow. May 21st, 2003, Mary won a battle in the High Court of Justice in London to have her and her daughter's identities protected for life. And fun fact, any court order protecting the identity of a convict in Britain is unofficially referred to as a Mary Bell order. Oh, mm. yeah. Okay. To this day, Mary and her daughter's whereabouts are unknown. And that is the story of Mary Bell. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, did you, did but, you take I it mean, all in? <laughs> I mean, uh, my I just hurts. took in how lucky I am that I live yeah. in this era with the family I got. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, I do have one funny thing to end on. Um, <laughs> just to like help cleanse your palate a little bit. Yes. Um, somewhere in this, I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. Somewhere in the story, you said Mary's and Norma's, but I, I was like, not, my ears were not ready, and I thought you said Mary's enormous. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> like I, her enormous what? And then I said, oh, well, two girls. Cool, cool, cool. Oh, my God. I'm living that simple life, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. God. Oh, that was all. Thanks, Aaron. My, my Thanks. eyes are literally, like, watering. That was, mm-hmm. whew, that was a dark one. That was a dark one. But again, with her upbringing, though, I'm like, I can kind of see her life turning that way. Yeah. yeah I mean, she... It would have been more miraculous, I think, if it didn't. Like, yes, you can tell she was really not loved as a child. Like, mm-hmm. sure, her mom's siblings came in and tried to help, but like, on a very basic level, her need her needs were not being met, which also yes. makes sense why she wasn't crying because she probably learned it didn't get you anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like well, you can see that in a lot of kids like who aren't taken care of. Yeah, and now, quiet. now she has like her own daughter, and it doesn't seem like she's been back in prison, so. That to me, me, I think, is more astonishing, like 1960s psychiatry, and now you're a well person, because I'm going to tell you about 1960s psychiatry. It's not the best. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. You tell Mm -hmm. us about that right now. Ready to segue? Today? Yeah, you ready? Yeah. Ready? Yeah. What you got for us? Yes. Okay, so I am taking you to the lovely state of Massachusetts. Oh, all right. One of our oldest states here in America, (laughs) known for such sinister things like the Salem Witch Trials and a place called Bridgewater Hospital. Well, like, is it in, like, the Bridgewater Triangle? <laughs> uh, I don't actually know what the Bridgewater Triangle is. Do you? Oh, well, maybe I might. Wouldn't it be weird if that's what I did today? I did not. And but... we all connect. All our <gasps> stories connect. Ooh. I did Ooh. not. I'm so sorry. One of us has to be out, apparently. I'm sorry. Just... Yeah. We got to take a turn. Okay. So it, it's now, it is now a prison and under the umbrella of the Department of Corrections, so it's a prison. But... Over the years, it has been quite a few things. An almshouse, which I'll explain what that is later, a workhouse, an asylum for insane criminals, and a prison for the criminally insane. 
And while it was the asylum for the criminally insane, Bridgewater really got into some hot water. <laughs> I didn't write that down. A little impressed with myself. Okay. <laughs> so a lot of people say that American Horror Story Asylum season was based on this hospital. But Whoa. I probably, well, hold on. I don't know. The more I read into it, the more I was like, it seems like it was just based on any like non-reputable hospital in the 1900s. Sarah, okay, that's my favorite season, so I'm just going to pretend like you did not just say that last sentence. All right, teach me more. Ooh. Wait, what do you mean? I mean, it could be, because this was pre-notorious. And I'll, okay, so in the 1960s, <laughs> a documentary expose, which is very Lana Winters, <laughs> called Titicut Follies, or um, I practice this now, I don't know how to say it. It's um, Titicut. Yeah, it's not Titicut. It's T-I-T-I. <laughs> T-I-T-I-C-U-T. So it's Titicut Follies. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I meant to practice that again this morning, but it's been a minute. Um, <laughs> okay, so you can find the entire documentary on YouTube. But, and this is a huge, huge, bigger than Sarah Lund size butt, okay? <laughs> it is very unnerving. So listen to the bits I give you before going and watching, or better yet, don't watch it at all. And I know me saying that is going to make some people want to watch it. Uh, don't if you have a not strong stomach. So here we go. Oh no! I'm the documentary it opens on a talent show that the inmates do inside the hospital, um, and throughout the whole thing, yes, they call these people inmates. Um, even when it was like a psychiatric hospital, they were called inmates. Aww. So that's Cute. that is the the brain thing we have. Wow. Um, or the mindset. Excuse me. The brain. So it opens. <laughs> yeah. The brain thing. Um. Here we go. We're back in it. So it opens on this talent show. It's very eerie, um, especially because it's all black and white. And honestly, the whole vibe this documentary gave me was like the ballroom flashback scenes in The Shining, if you know what I'm talking about. Like mm-hmm. very high strangeness. But to them, you can tell it's not strange. Like something's but- just off. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, high strangeness is the best way I can say it. Yeah. Um, also, the talent show is called Titicut Follies. And it's also... Um, I hate that I didn't practice this. Titicut is the Native American name for the nearby river. So that's how okay. we got our name here for this documentary. It okay. Ca- it kind of reminds me of like when you, even if you hadn't said the asylum, um, American Horror Story, maybe I wouldn't have noticed it or thought of it. But like when they're all in that room together and like they're all just kind of like living their own life, but it's like you can just feel the stress of the person yes. who's like sane. You're like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. Yes. Very stressful. <laughs> It is just oh. so the whole thing was filmed by a Yale trained lawyer and he got tired of teaching. So he became a f- film director, I guess. Oh. He must be a Gemini is oh, all I'm going to say, because I'm as born. we learned last week, let's go. Yeah, literally. <laughs> he went to Yale, became a lawyer, was doing law. Then I guess he was teaching for a bit and was like, Ugh, bored. And then just picks <laughs> up a camera and makes this like, Really well-known documentary now. Oh, wow. Um, Complete job change. Apparently, Mm -hmm. that's what I'm saying. He's got to be a Gemini. He's got to make those quick decisions (laughs) in and out. Apparently, he had a really good relationship with the hospital because he brought students there. And like I said, it was a hospital for the criminally insane. So law was involved. Like you had to have lawyers. No one at this point in time was ending up at Bridgewater because they checked themselves in. It was, you had to be there. Like you got tested Um, and then they sent you. Yes. Okay. Or, yes, something with your trial, something like that, you, you ended up there. Gotcha. So the hospital said, sure, America, land of the free, come in, film us. Oh, oh mm. God. 
the thing that blows my mind is there had been rumors for a long time this wasn't an awesome place. But the director in charge was like, yeah, why not? Come on in. Seems like a good idea. Oh, no. We won't get any backlash. (laughs) This blows my mind. I don't know if it was just like the confidence of a white man in the 60s to think like, nothing bad's going to happen to me. Yeah. I don't know. Because also, one of the people you see a lot in the documentary, I I thought he was a guard, but maybe he was like a high-level person. He is, like, singing a lot in the talent shows. He's telling jokes. Like, he is loving the attention. So I'm wondering if he didn't even realize, or, like, if he was in charge, he's like, this is my time to shine. Or, like, did like they he's think singing. it was all, like, a joke? Like, no one's ever going to see this? Is this Inception? Uh, Whoa. <laughs> not Inception. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I'm just- anyway, so, yeah. His name is, the director's name is Frederick Wiseman. He was allowed to film inside Bridgewater. And also, actually, Aaron, maybe you're right. Maybe they thought it wasn't going to go anywhere. Like, this guy is a dope. He's not going to be able to come in here and do something. Yeah. Okay, so pretty early on in the film, there's a scene where the psychiatrist is interviewing an inmate. And again, yep, they're called inmates. And he's asking him why he's there, blah, blah, blah. And then he, first of all, even the staff in this place seems to have something just a bit off with them. Like, this guy, his eyes twitched a lot, Hmm. which I would never point out except for they start to ask these very intense questions on camera yet again. Okay. So keep in mind a 1960s camera. It's not like it's a secret one hidden, like in the lapel of your jacket. <laughs> yeah. Like you're holding a camera and everyone knows you have a camera. And it's like 45 pounds. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So at first I had to watch this documentary, like in segments, cause it's a tough one to get through. But I also, I didn't understand he was allowed to be in the hospital at first. I thought I went straight Lana Winters. I was like, Oh, okay. he like, mm-hmm invaded no he was allowed in there so okay okay because i could not figure out how he would have hidden a camera in the 1960s but he didn't so anyway this psychiatrist very weird everyone is not great he starts asking like how many times do you masturbate a day three oh no that's much too many Uh uh-uh and at first i also was like oh shoot buddy like get your hand out of your pants (laughs) but then later in the film i understood why they keep the patient's in solitary confinement, which there were a lot of them. And I don't know if this is what everyone's rooms look like or if the documentary um, filmmaker just wanted to show the worst. But they are, they're kept naked in solitary confinement, metal cells with like just that one small window that you can see like when they like pull the thing yeah. back with your eyes. See what I'm saying? Oh, no. Um, there's no furniture, no bed to sit on, nothing. That's truly like naked and afraid. Yes. Yeah. So like every day, I didn't really understand. I heard someone else talk about there's no furniture and I was like, okay, who cares? But like every day for these men is sitting in a small square of cold gray concrete floor. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I'm just realizing it was in black and white. I have no idea what color the floors were. So <laughs> sitting on some concrete floor, looking up at plain walls in a cell naked. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be gross, but like, what else is he going to do? Like, humans need stimulation, not physically, but like mentally. Like, there's nothing to do, nothing to think about. And like the weather, too. Like, if it's like during the cold months, Mm -hmm. like, how cold did that cell get? Like, that, I don't, that's crazy. Wait, was this only guys? Um, mostly guys, not only guys, but I did not see any women in the video. Okay. A lot of weens, though. A lot of them. (laughs) But like, (laughs) we're laughing, but it sucks because you could tell. The inmates weren't pleased with it. They were trying to cover themselves as much as they could. Yeah. So a lot of the people were also rocking. Mm -hmm. Like you see a lot of rocking. You see a lot of ticks in there from people. Like they're these involuntary movements. 
But that rocking motion in particular, it releases endorphins, like the feel-good chemical. Mm -hmm. So it's so insane our, what our bodies can do to cope with this stuff. Like it's a chemical thing that they're doing to help them cope with stress. It mm -hmm. also can be a sign of mental disorders. But oh, it's so insane. You can see like in the courtyard, people are like they have these ticks or they're rocking and stuff, which to me was like, whoa, that's different. Like yeah. I don't know if it started because they were in there or if it happened after they – got in there if that makes sense yeah. yeah does it like maybe i had a mental disorder or something happened or did they start rocking after you'd never you'd never know unless you were there when they got there you know mm -hmm. yes and you can just tell something is not right um you also see inmates screaming in a cell to no one they're just stomping around because again like they're just by themselves trying to occupy themselves like it it ends up making a little bit more sense and then there is an, an infamous uh scene that we're just going to quickly pull off like a Band-Aid. It is the force feeding scene. So this man, he, I don't know if he's mute. He doesn't say anything in the video, but he had apparently has stopped eating. So the hospital has elected to force feed him through a nose tube. And again, I understand why this was done. Like I understand this was a state run facility. So they can't just let you wither away and die. I get that. But this is not like a 2020 see-through surgical looking nose tube. This is one of those 1950s opaque, probably that like brown red color, mm. thicker tube. Okay. Mm -hmm. And as the doctor man, which we're going to later find out probably wasn't that doctory, he <laughs> is getting ready to put it in. He realizes there's not enough lubricant in the jar he has. And he's literally just looking around like, can someone get me Vaseline or something else? Like, let's just like slap. Like, he might as well like, can someone get me some mayo to slap on this thing? Oh, my God. Yep. And then the man is held down by two like dead-eyed guards on his back. Whatever. To get force fed. I'm not talking about this bit. Mm -hmm. But you can see the ashes from the doctor person's cigar is falling <gasps> into the food that is literally being put in this guy's body. Oh, my God. I had to skip past this one quite a bit because I, I watched enough just to know what I needed to know. And I was like, this, that kind of stuff, like any kind of like medical, like purpose malpractice makes me sick. So oh. yeah. Right. But then just to make it even better, they then kind of overlay it with these images of that same guy um, being like embalmed and then buried because he died. And keep in mind this person who, um, excuse me, Wiseman, the one who directed this, was only in the hospital for a month. He was only there filming for one month, mm -hmm. and he saw all of this. Wow. All right. I, I'm not going to. I thought you were going to be, like, four days. And I was like, what? Okay. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> no, I mean, no, no, no. still not, not enough time, but, like, whew, okay. No. No. So, but he said he did the overlay, and he kind of regrets it, but not really, because you see they treat this inmate so kindly in death. Like they're gently putting the coffin into the ground, but it's like you were treating him like an animal when he was alive, but now mm -hmm. he's dead. And we're like, let's be very careful with his yeah. body. Like I'm glad they gave him some humanity, but ugh, it was too late. That's yeah. Disgusting. Um, yes. There's a depressing party with live music by inmates. I don't understand. There's a lot of live music by the inmates. Hmm. I'm going to call them patients. I shouldn't call them inmates, but well, every time you do, like, like I just, like, insert eye roll. I'm like, ugh. Not, like, not at you, yes. but, like, at the fact that that was even a thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, you see an older gentleman get a very aggressive shave where he is, like, the cut of his mouth is, like, bleeding. And they have to keep putting a big towel on it. Oh, my God. 
Um, and then he's taunted for having a dirty room. Like you see this man keep being like, oh, Jim, why is your room dirty? Is it going to be dirty tomorrow? And he's like, yeah, he's like, it's going to be dirty tomorrow, Jim. Like they just keep. Oh, my God. Laying in him. And I don't understand why. I really don't. Um, but you also see men carrying buckets. Okay. Carrying buckets about. Keep in mind, this is the 1960s. So there was plumbing, but not here. <gasps> there is no indoor plumbing in these buildings. No. So I did lie earlier. I guess there is one thing in these rooms and it's a bucket. So they get to relieve themselves, but then they have to sit in there with that. Yeah. Nothing to wipe with or anything until the guards are ready to, d- to, to let you out it. and go dump it. Yeah. It is literally hell on earth. And they're Disgusting. naked. So they're not clean. Yep. Yeah. They, yeah. Nope. So it almost reminds you of like, I know it's not like a Nazi concentration yet, but they would do the same thing. Like you would have five sinks for like 50 people and like why is everyone not washed and clean why are you not blah blah blah. it's like because you've given us nothing like you're just you're just pushing people so turns out it's always been this way and we're gonna go through a little history prepare yourselves um (laughs) yes so 1800s the enlightenment had already happened which is basically when humans started being like huh let's think about freedoms um, and homelessness started to be a real problem in the United States. So the Commonwealth of Massachusetts said, let's build an almshouse, which is just a house for people who didn't have any money they could stay in. And I found out there are two types of being poor. There was the honest poor person, and that would be a woman whose husband and kids died. So she's a woman and she can't make her own money. So it's not her fault. Yeah. <laughs> um, she isn't to be blamed, which I mean, that is nice, but it's like, <laughs> Maybe if we would give people some skills to get their own jobs, <laughs> whatever. It was a different time. And then there is the undeserving poor, which oh. is someone else who must have done something like public drunkenness or idleness to be poor. So you can already see like the way we're looking at people. No, um, but Morgan anyone would be. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Had to. Or Aaron with her moonshine. Oh. But. Anyone could come and stay here. Just the way you were looked at, I think, was different. Um, It was also set on a farm. So anyone who stayed here and was able was expected to help, which yet again, fine. Okay, I get it. That's great. Um, Yeah, like, makes sense. But the the state, they went ahead and built it as cheap as possible because they were like, yeah, why are we spending money on this? Like, we're helping, but we don't want to, like, spend, like, real money on these people Mm -hmm. because they're the undeserving poor, probably. They did something. (laughs) um so they built it about four miles out of town in the middle of nowhere so no one has to see it sort of out of sight out of mind and what i'm saying is like right out of the gate there's a lot of negativity to this place like we're gonna help you but like not really we don't want to see you Mm -hmm. um and then in the mid 1800s there's another huge depression in america so now we have a lot of people that need housing and help and it's a really big problem especially if well, it's a problem for the upper classes, not the lower classes, because the upper classes didn't want to see the undeserving poor on their street corners. How annoying. <laughs> so they started sending more and more people to this almshouse. Um, but the state got really upset because it wasn't self-sustaining, meaning it just kept costing the state more and more money. And yet again, this is for charity, so we don't want to like waste money on these people. Right, right. And they already put, you know, quote unquote, so much time and effort into it. So it's, yeah, it's obvious right. that it's their fault that it can't sustain everyone. But well, there was some big fire like in the first five years, too. I didn't oh, wow. write it down because it's not even the craziest thing that happened. But like it was <laughs> even when they built it, everyone knew like this was a piece of shit. Damn. Like it's just enough 
to say we're helping. And I'm sure there was some people who really wanted to help. Yeah. But then there's other people that get involved, whatever. I'm not saying it's anyone's fault. They isn't like the path to something is paved with good intentions. The path to path path to hell. I don't know. Okay, we don't have our sayings down pat this week. No. I don't. The path to hell is paved with good intentions. The The path to dumb horses is paved with dumb horses. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so whatever. It's not... They don't want to waste money, so they add a workhouse. Okay, so they add a workhouse for vicious poppers next to the almshouse. I didn't know poppers was a real word. Yeah. It is. Um, And vicious poppers, by the way. Right? Like... Like Princess and the Popper? Yeah. yeah. You're mm-hmm. just like me. I'm just like you. Isn't that the <laughs> Yes. I don't know why I used to watch Barbie. But take the romance out of it. We're not there, not here. Okay. So, oh yeah. I'm glad you did a palate cleanser between me and Aaron because this was not my lightest story. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. So, Vicious Popper, for the record, means someone who was arrested for a petty crime or vagrancy. And you heard that, right? Being homeless was illegal. Because you probably did something to make you homeless. Wow. And so is public drunkenness, which yet again, it's a depression, so it is a huge problem. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody drunk, everybody sad, everybody homeless. <laughs> I get it. That's kind of what it is. Like, it was not an awesome time to be alive, it sounds like. Um, also, they were saying something in this, like, talk I listened to about, it was like the Quaker time. So, like, being drunk was a huge no-no. Like... You should just be eating cornflakes. So now they have a workhouse. Everyone's working in the fields, and yet they're still given the same portions as like other poor houses around the area. So people are also exhausted, mm-hmm. and they're not great conditions. Um, families are separated immediately as they get there. Oh. So there's a men's, women's, and children's ward. So everyone mm-hmm. is separated. Ugh, let's add more stress. Yeah, why not? Also, the mortality rate here was one out of eight. So every oh. eight people. That were quote unquote checked in, sent there, wanted to be there. One's dying. Great. Cool. Also, people would go there that were like too sick to be taken care of by their families. They couldn't afford a hospital. I don't know what hospitals were like in the 1800s. So you got a great mix of just sadness and despair. It's like, but it's, you know, obviously like you probably don't have a statistic on this, but it's basically saying they're not really, no one's survived. There's not enough survival rate for the Mm-mm. amount of people dying, no matter what state they're coming in. Like on Correct. death's door or a healthy six-year-old, there's no yeah. rhyme mm-hmm. or reason. Okay, okay, okay. That's yep. cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think this was also looked down upon. I'll, I'll link my sources in the show notes, but one of them was talking about how if you didn't own any land at any point in time, like your family never owned land, and then you become homeless, you're now a vagrant. Like you never paid any taxes to a state, so no state wants to actually take care of you. Mm. So these this almshouse was specifically in the beginning for those people, which is why, yes, they're homeless. Yes, all these bad things they're already looking down upon. But also like you didn't ever like really pay anything to our state homeless. Okay. So hmm. this has never had a good thing. Like it's never been great. I mean, it's a, it's a great idea, but then just the way people are looking at it, I think is terrible, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go through time. Let's cruise, cruise, cruise. Um, we're starting to realize mental illness is real. Mm-hmm. And now this is a lunatic asylum. Cool. Hey. But some inmates um, – oh, sorry. This is not a lunatic asylum. This is – it's still like an almshouse, workhouse. They're getting the, the criminal poppers. Um, but there are lunatic asylums that are popping up. 
But eventually, there are now inmates that are too violent to handle here, so they're getting sent to Bridgewater. Let's just add some danger to an already dangerous place. Danger. Uh, Danger. Also, if you were caught with public drunkenness, you were going to jail for two years. Damn, bro. I'd be in and out of jail. Damn, bro. That sucks. So it said it was like a huge issue. That's why the the Quaker thing was a big deal. They didn't actually like sentence everyone, but they were sentencing people very quickly. They wanted you like in and out of the courts. Like, let's go. Let's go. Let's get you going. And two years. The first thing when you get out of jail is you want to have a nice fucking cold beer. Yeah. (laughs) Especially after what you go through Uh in these jail. I was thinking that. Like, how many times? But they said people get arrested. (laughs) Some people were um, had like twenty eight sentences there. Like they spent their whole life just in and out of this place. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm sorry. Yes. Well, because because, like wow, I can see my. (laughs) No, it's it's the whole thing is like, can we please take a step back and look at what we are doing? Yeah. Um. So, yes, they're housing more violent people now with everyone else. So security keeps increasing. And now it's starting to really, really feel like a prison because, I mean, you're housing the criminal paupers. Yeah. Um, and at this point in time, everyone with a mental illness, they're given, like, their sentence and then they're let go. Okay? Okay. Well, in 1899, the government now says, like, mm, no, you should be in an asylum until you aren't crazy anymore. And if these places were offering any kind of actual help or aid towards rehabilitation, I would say, cool, yeah, heal someone, help them get on their way. Yeah. But no, not here. (laughs) Not here. Um, God. So it's terrible. They're being locked up on a quick decision, and then they're stuck because once someone thinks you're insane, anything you're saying after that is going to make you seem more insane. Correct. So especially... If you are having mental illnesses like or mental illness um, problems and then you're not being treated and then you're being put in this place with dangerous people and people who don't think you're worth anything, it's going to get worse. Jesus, it's going to get worse. Damned if you're mentally challenged, damned if you're not. Mm -hmm. I mean. No, basically. So one of the biggest crimes you could commit once you're in here is trying to leave because, yeah, it's not a hospital. It is definitely a prison. Like even before they called it a prison, it is a prison. Yeah. Um. So in 1919, the prison system finally came out and said, like, yeah, this is a hospital or um, this hospital is with us now because security keeps going up. So now it's literally a- they're calling it what it is. It's a prison. Thank God. It's kind of like that one couple that finally goes official, but everyone's been watching them date for the past year. <clears throat> yeah. Do you feel that? <laughs> Anyone feel personally attacked by that? I do. Yes. <laughs> oh, that wasn't what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> We have Sarah propped up on an iPad. Good the- thing you are at your house right now. She literally just stopped, side turn, remind you. <laughs> Dead ass looking there and said, huh? There is no joy in the story. I had to make my own. I'm sorry. Sarah, where are you going? Oh. <laughs> Sarah's phone was like, Going up, going up, going up. Oh, bye. <laughs> um, okay, so. Yes, now we're 1920s. The prison system's finally like, we got it. This is a prison. Cool. Also, the eugenics movement um, was pretty big in the United States. And apparently it was a lot bigger in Massachusetts than in some other states. What the fuck is it's that? something we like to sweep under the rug. But basically, they were sending undesirable there. So. Well, what they called undesirables. Wait, Sarah, you said a word that I don't know. 
Yeah. What I say? Eugenics. Eugenics. Yeah. Um, yes, the eugenics is it's that thing that the Nazis believed in. They're going yes. pretty big for like your your genes. They could be bad genes, and you're going to keep making bad gene people. Yeah, we got to just cut that out. Okay, mm-hmm. sorry. Get, Hello, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm dumb. No, you're good. So any like mentally unstable or handicapped um, oh. kids that were just weird, they were sent here. So yet again, you have actual criminals. Now you have mentally handicapped. Now you have kids there. Like, wow, that's a mix. Let's, let's just throw them in. Um, the Boston Strangler was housed here. Whoa. They had a lot of other notable people, but like they had a lot of um, headliners, I guess. What, what's that called? Like infamous criminals at this place. Like, wow. It is the worst of the worst, along with just random other people sprinkled in. How Solid. crazy. Could you imagine like... If you ever got out being like, wow, the Boston Strangler was my neighbor. He was my next door inmate, <laughs> cellmate. <laughs> he actually escaped. So he he said he escaped because he wanted to bring attention to the conditions there. But instead, mm. the prisons I, upped security. I mean. Like, <laughs> there was no help. They were like, no, that's the real problem is that you were able to get out, which mm-hmm. that is a real problem. But A little bit of both, a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have no pity for the Boston Strangler. But again... They are still people, like, fine. He can be treated like whatever. But, like, the people there for public drunkenness that could not get out, there was a guy who was in there for three decades, okay, (gasps) because he got drunk and painted stripes on his horse to look like a zebra. Just for that? So every frat boy in America is now in jail. (laughs) Yes. Oh. He died in Bridgewater. Oh, wow. I'm sure maybe something else was happening with him, but like his strike that got him in there was, was he got that? drunk and painted, which I think is hilarious. He no, painted stripes on his horse awesome. to look like a zebra. Wow. <laughs> and, yes. it, and it was like his own horse. Back off, bro. Yeah. Do what I mm-hmm. want. Sounds like he was having mm-hmm. a great night, great day, whatever he was doing. <laughs> He's probably mixing wine and moonshine, having a great evening. Yeah. Yes. Damn. Ugh, don't trust So that's what I'm saying. Like, Yes, there was, like, real criminals there, but there's also people who just made, like, a mistake or, like, mm-hmm. that one little thing that pushed them over. Things just keep coming depressing here. Um, this is when the documentary comes out. It's 1960s, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, maybe this is terrible. Holy shit. Maybe what everyone has been saying for years is true. That is everyone that wasn't in Massachusetts because Massachusetts outlawed the film in their state. Damn. They said it went against Ooh. the inmates' privacy because they hadn't signed any waivers. You you let him in the door again. Yes, their privacy must be exactly what they are worried about. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh. Can you feel all of our eyes rolling? God. I think somebody who worked there had a little too much wine and moonshine and was like, <laughs> come on in, brother, let's get it going. And then they didn't care. It's okay. Ooh, I'm mad. Because I can see how some of the guards, maybe you're there every day. You can get worn down. They're telling you these people are, like, dangerous. They're insane. So you don't treat them like people. No, I really can't. Um, I don't know. I think it's human nature to, like, make excuses to see, like, kind of justify what you're doing. Yes. But then when someone with an outside view comes in and just shows snippets of that, it looks terrible. And now you're about to get in a lot of trouble. Mm Mm-hmm. And, yes, I know inmates do deserve privacy, but I think we can all agree that is not what the state was actually concerned about because they they didn't care about them anyway like about the people in there so they're calling them inmates and not being treated like people so 
whatever. Finally, this film comes out and it raises enough attention. The state of Massachusetts has to make changes. Um, they build a new hospital because the one, like the one they'd been using was shittily built in the 1800s. Still? They had, yes. No so updates. there was a big fire, but the whole thing hadn't burned down. Like it was salvageable. They were adding like little additions as the time went on. Like, oh, the president got added on this really nice house. Like they had added on more things to the campus throughout time. But like the main building people were staying in, these prisoners were staying in, was built in the 1800s. Cool. Because even in the 1960s, like I said, they were carrying their excretions around in buckets to mm-hmm. pour it out. There was no air. There was no heat in the winters mm. of Massachusetts. And there was no clothes. There was no sanity. It was, it was in, whatever. Um, okay. So now they rebuilt it. They put some chain link fence around it so people can at least see the outside world because again this was one of those old school facilities where like you are boxed in mm-hmm. like um what's that one it was like he crawled through a river of shit to make himself clean what? it's it's an old movie Shawshank Redemption oh I was like I what? sorry yeah, I thought I just we had were to trying to do another there. saying and I was like <laughs> I don't I'm I'm out of sayings today <laughs> No, no, no. That's just a quote from that movie. Because if you watch that movie, like their um, their courtyard thing, it's in the middle of the prison, so you never see the outside world. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I'm with you. Okay, so now they've rebuilt it. They put up the chain link fence. So you can at least see past these four walls. Like mm-hmm. you can imagine what your life will be like in a couple of years. Um, they, uh, uh, there was some law reforms that put in guidelines for how inmates should be treated and how patients should be treated. They actually gained some rights. I don't know how much, but apparently they gained some, which is better than negative 40, which is what they had. Um, <laughs> and cheers from Aaron is the equivalent to how excited we are for that. Yeah. Like, anything helps, honestly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, but bring on the big reform, please. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Here's the big one. They had to start bringing in outside professionals to meet with patients, not just inside staff. So there, there was actually go. like, cool. yes, there was actual oversight. And these new professionals they brought in were with Massachusetts General Hospital and Harvard School of Medicine. So people who really knew what they were doing in this time yeah. period. I'm not saying it was perfect, but like there's actual efforts being made. Yeah. Thank God. And... um this is still a state hospital under the Department of Corrections today, but there haven't been any recent issues in the past few decades that we know of. Um, so, yeah, dark history, dark place, and it was too sinister not to share. So, Jeez. Wait, I can go there today? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go to so, like, it. Well, actually, I, I don't know. If I much and, like, paint my horse like a uniform, no. then I, they might no. take me there? No, there's no public drunkenness anymore, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, well, maybe like an indecent exposure. but You know me. <laughs> um, no, I think now they've kind of got it down to like a normal. Like a normal prison? Like a normal. So you get there because well, you it's got still uh, appropriately. <laughs> they still house, I think like, I don't think it's called criminal insane anymore, but those kinds of inmates. Okay. Like it's still not a place you want to go, but you're not going to be force fed with cigarettes in your food. Uh-huh. So Cool. It's better than it was. Hey. Hey. <laughs> That's my case for this week. Be good to yourselves. Um, careful of drunken pub- drunken publicness. Uh, public <laughs> drunkenness. And uh, don't watch the documentary. This is me officially telling you, please don't watch it. If you watch it, do not email me and tell me you didn't like it because it is awful. It makes you feel uncomfortable. 
Morgan, what you got? <laughs> well, it's not about the <laughs> 1960s, and it's not about a prison, hospital, jail, nor is it about a murderous child. <laughs> Today, I am bringing you spirit communication tools. Oh, cool. So I feel like I, and like a lot of them, I say like, oh, they use this tool, and maybe some people don't know what they are. So I obviously, I'm just, I'm just going to read all the notes I took, but yeah, here we go. So. I'm glad you're going last, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, no, I'm like, I'm very happy that I can't do origami. So here we go. <laughs> uh, so as uh, time goes on, it seems more and more people are attempting to communicate with spirits. Uh, so if you have any interest in that, hopefully a tool or two that I list out kind of tickles your fancy. Uh, disclaimer, I am not an expert in these, and these are definitely not all of the possible communication tools that are out there. These are just ones that, like, I've heard of, that I found interesting. Yeah. Um, I even drew little pictures of some of them, so my first one was <laughs> pendulum, and I drew a little pendulum. Anyway, so. <laughs> I had time with these notes, so, yeah, bear with me. <laughs> Heck yeah. All right, so, like I stated, the first one we're going to start with is the pendulum. Uh, quote, the idea behind the pendulum is that it can bring to, uh, it can bring subconscious energy to the conscious awareness to give you answers to questions you may have. Again, I don't know what, I have my sources cited in the show notes because there's a lot. Um, um, it is often suggested to fully clear your mind, maybe even meditate to bring you to a state of openness. Um, much like crystals, you should charge and cleanse your pendulum. Um, and to basically give you a summary, a pendulum is like a, it's usually like a type of gemstone on the end that is shaved down into like a diamond shape, something with a point. Um, there is a chain, there are different lengths, there are different heavinesses of the actual pendulum at the bottom, and they all kind of end at the other end with like a little bead to hold on to. Some of them have a ring you can put on your finger. They all kind of have just different ones. Um, Mm. so getting this clarity can help you feel connected to, uh, the spirit world. And some do use it to, uh, fully for communication with those who have passed away. Um, and then they basically like from the two sites that I read about pendulums, they just like energy is everywhere. So that's kind of why these came to fruition is, um, and I have a pendulum, so they have, they say like, if you like are a beginner, maybe you need a heavier one so that you don't like shake or like something like that because any movement or um, intrusive thoughts can they say throw off your reading um so basically mine is like a long semi-long chain um and you i just like you're supposed to just hold the little bead at the end and let the pendulum hang down so it's basically like a one-sided necklace if you want to put it that way i will have pictures when we um, make the post but um, if you, you know, have a clear mind, it is supposed to say that if you hold the little thing at the end, letting the pendulum swing freely, you can ask certain questions and depending on the energy that you're giving or that the energy around you will provide you answers to what you need to know. So you can look up different ways on how to ask the questions and how to kind of, um, like set your station up. So whenever I got my pendulum out for the first time, like I kind of Googled it. And different sites say different things. So it's all about like what you resonate with. Um, You could do, you know, side to side is yes, up and down is no, you know, go in a circle is maybe. There's just different ones, but you have to set your intention and you have to set what means what before you begin. 
Um, the other and you have to say it out loud. Yeah, and it's it's just more it's say it out loud and just like really like bring that like the only thing in your mind should be concentrating on like the actions you're taking and like what you want to know. Um, the other thing is they did say like I feel like with most um holistic things like you need to let the pendulum kind of pick you so when you go into a store if the, or you know look on etsy or anything where you can find these i would definitely like check them all out see what you vibe with don't just grab like the first one you see um i ordered mine on etsy and it, i think i looked at like 60 so <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've had it for a while i've only used it a couple times but um i definitely like you i will 100 percent say you have to be in the right mental state to use this tool um otherwise you're just it's just gonna sit there so definitely something that's interesting um you, it's i would say someone who's probably maybe like kind of on that path and definitely like once answers is what you're gonna like communicate with um but like if you've never had like a tarot reading or anything like that maybe like start with something a little a little simpler or that you don't have to really be the energy holder so yeah. okay um and then i did list uh ouija boards um if you want to <laughs> go back to episode 12 uh then you can have a whole episode about them um and the really the only thing I added on here is because we've talked about them before. Everyone knows what a Ouija board is. Um, like, do not mess with them. They are not something to take lightly. Like, if you go to our TikTok, you'll see a cool video that we made. Um, we did include a Ouija board, but like we had good intentions with it. We closed out mm-hmm. the not even real session we were doing. So always be careful. Um, they are not pendulums. I feel like are like the peaceful like communicating device, and a Ouija board is. You're asking a lot. So mm-hmm. you definitely need to research that before using them. Um, another one um, for communication is jousting rods. Um, I th- I'd seen these before, but the first time I really saw them was when we went to the Lemp. Uh, dousing rods. While the original use may have come from humans wanting to wanting a way to uncover water underground water sources, um, today these rods are have a different you know, purpose. Um, um, there's my attempt at drawing. It was just some like L's with like, little hands. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> They're so bad. Um, so much like a pendulum, dousing rods rely on energy to work. Um, it is a good idea to, again, just like the pendulum and Ouija board, become familiar and practice with these tools. Um, they, a couple websites definitely called that out. Like the first time you're like, all right, cool. I have a blank fine. Let's do this. It's not going to work. Like you have to be like very calm, practice with them. Um, a like natural reaction, um, to like getting, wanting questions answered is to like be excited. So like they may not really do what they're supposed to. So basically with dousing rods, you just hold it. It's like a 90 degree L shaped, tiny little copper tubes, Mm -hmm. um, or pipes. Like, I mean, minuscule, like a pasta noodle size, maybe a little bigger and you Mm -hmm. hold them kind of loosely in your hands. And then the long L shaped, um, pieces of metal stick out of the top. And basically if they go apart or come together, you can, you know, communicate with however you want. So some people say, you know, when they, when they come together in the middle, it's no, when they go apart, it's yes. Um, I even did a little bit of research and they said some people still kind of use them again, they were used for underground water sources. So they also like rely on that energy that you're feeling. But Mm -hmm. I did see where one, someone was using them to like, like, ask where they were in the room so they had them like point oh but pendulum or excuse me dousing rods do work best if you're still 
So like sitting down or like keeping in one position because like energy will just can just change. So if I got, if you walk closer to an underground water source, they're going to move. So better to just check them, see if they move and then just stay in that spot if they don't. Um, and then, like I said, in the beginning of this, we did see it at the limp. Um, I had never really seen them like professionally used until we went and that lady like really freaked me out with them because she was like asking mm-hmm. questions and they were moving mm-hmm. and then she like stopped using them and like looked up in the doorway and she was like you need to go and I was like Ugh. oh yeah and there was no yeah. one there and I was like oh. so yeah that, that's the memory that I associate with the <laughs> dousing rods and it kind of freaks me out but yeah she was fearless <laughs> dude she was a boss ass bitch loved her can't remember her name but, Betsy oh. highly recommend Betsy was that her name I think so okay yeah she, she's great just I, it definitely <laughs> freaked me out the first time when she did it because i didn't know what was going on i thought maybe it was like maybe a worker or something and mm-hmm. she's like what the heck are you doing and she would just pause yeah. and stare and off just stare and i was like she's goals oh my god <laughs> she's like did you guys see that there was a shadow in the hallway and we we're all like <gasps> yeah <"What?" laughs> little did i know. i would be like a scooby-doo jumping into someone's lap and yeah. she's literally this boss bitch like hey get out of here like, you stupid ghost yeah <laughs> thank god we were all sitting down at a table to where we like couldn't really see the like entryway yeah mm-hmm. but little did i know that i was gonna see some shit shortly thereafter but you know <laughs> it's cool for that little bit <laughs> yeah um, yeah moving on to our next um item they are it is an emf reader slash emf detector um emf stands for <laughs> electromagnetic fields uh so emf um they are what <laughs> uh believers state is the energy that ghosts or entities give off um this is a device very common among the ghost hunting community um when a high level of energy is detected they will produce a beep and a dial um kind of on, on the little box will move it kind of looks like a speedometer so if you just like picture that that's the way i would word it um sometimes again a beep will sound or the speedometer thing will kind of like tick up measuring the amount of energy so i don't i should have looked but i don't know like what it's measured in but obviously it's like little to a lot and sometimes Mm -hmm. it'll just kind of like go woo all the way to the end and you're like oh shit and sometimes it'll kind of like waver a little and then go back down so it's like shit if you're standing still like what is the energy around you that's moving because something's happening so yeah that's the part was always a little bit freaky on shows um do take note these um are really popular but truly the only reliable they are only reliable if again if staying in one location and not moving around too much um and then they did say like power lines or outlets can even just throw it off so they're really not good like so no offense zach big and strips if you are walking around with it it's gonna move it's gonna change so yeah there's going to be some energy it picks up yeah yeah that makes sense but what i have noticed is lately like on one of their newer episodes that i watched a while ago they he like has another device and he'll prop that up like up against it and just like leave it in the middle of a room oh yeah it goes off it's like oh fuck like you sorry oh that makes sense if it's catching a power line it's going to constantly beep or constantly move Mm -hmm. if it's just sitting there quiet for 20 minutes and then suddenly like beep like very eerie yes yes he (laughs) did that i watched one recently when he went to the cecil hotel so that was a recent one okay i haven't watched that one yet i'm so excited yeah yeah i've been holding out i just love that shit um and then Two tools often used, um, but maybe have like a more easy to understand purpose, uh, a digital recorder, or they call it sometimes just a playback, 
Um, so, and an infrared uh, thermometer. So again, both of these are very simple. You have like a, either a screen or a temperature gauge. They say spirits um, give off like a very cold temperature. Um, so if you use like a thermal imaging camera, sometimes like you can literally, they even say like you can literally see like a humanoid figure and it's like dark purple when the room is like yellow. So it's warm. So it's like, cool. I think like one of the scariest ones I saw was there was like I don't think it was Ghost Adventures, but um like they had like a guy like walk across a thermal imaging just to like show you like what it looked like because like the room was not cold but like yeah. it, but like still a human shows up because we're way warmer than the room temperature mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. they like, walked by and then walked back and like stood within the frame and like was sitting there talking to someone and then like a cold like something cold like jutted out of his side and like Whoa. went away and that was where I was like okay like I thought this was just gonna be like here's my outline nope there's a ghost mm-hmm. so yeah um and then of oh course, no thank you <laughs> yeah and then um of course um what I mentioned before like the recorder so sometimes they'll just keep that in their pocket and record the whole night um and then they go back and play and sometimes they pick up whispers or whatever I'm not sure how I feel about that one I feel like that's kind of sometimes easy to forge if you will but yeah. nonetheless the voices they choose are very spooky <laughs> Um, and then an EVP, um, that is an electronic voice phenomenon. This is my least favorite tool because it's loud as fuck. <laughs> Basically, it's like an old radio um, or like something like in similar design that rapidly switch between radio stations, creating kind of a white noise sound. Um, so you hear like, and that's supposed to be like, it's annoying. I don't like that. Yes. But it is quite spooky when you hear a constant like, again, white noise sound, and then all of a sudden a voice comes out, it's like, hello, like, Ugh. Oh, no. No, right. no, I'm good. They say that this is giving a spirit a chance to communicate through the static, again, taking on, like, an energy or just using energy to communicate with us. Um, again, it's hard sometimes, too. I've heard, like, they try to, like, tune the EVP or what, however you do it, and sometimes, like, you can hear radio, like, radio shows coming through. So oh. it's like, oh, okay, like, this isn't going to work, because, like, how am I supposed to determine between a spirit voice and a... Yeah. But, so mm-hmm. if you find one, like, I will say when, um, speaking of the Cecil Hotel, when um, we did that episode, and I watched all of those, I can't remember what it, what his name was, but he goes to different locations and just, like, you know, checks them out. Mm-hmm. He used one of this, and it was constant static, and you literally, like, he got Elisa Lamb. Like, he, I, I swear on my life, like, I'm getting goosebumps right now just saying it, like... When he was like, Elisa, is that you? And she's like, yes, help me. Like, and like, like, I'm sorry, but if it's constant static and then shit like that comes out, it's just, how can you not like get goosebumps? Yeah, so absolutely not. Um, and then this is the flip side of another communication device that I do like. Um, it's called the Ovulus, or that's how Lucy Jack says it. So it's O-V-I-L-U-S. It is quote, ba- <laughs> it is quote, basically a speak and spell for ghosts. It has an international, or international, it has an internal dictionary. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Um, And can read out intelligent responses. It did give a pro tip to ensure to let the device, quote, warm up before using it. So they said, like, don't just turn it on and expect responses. Like they said, turn it on, maybe ask it some questions, like, Mm -hmm. see what you can get Mm -hmm. from it. Um, It basically is like, it kind of just looks like, I don't know, like a little handheld game. It has like two antennas, two short antennas on the top, some buttons, but basically you can have it set to, I think where only like a word will come up on the screen. So if you're like, ghost, are you there? And they say, yes. 
or you can have it set to where it's like a voice. So they're like, hello, is anyone there? And you hear, hello. Yes. Yeah. Like, oh, like, <laughs> Who knows? Honestly, no. if I was a ghost, I'd be kind of pissed. Like, yo, that's not my voice. Like, let me sing mm. you a song, ho. Like, no. So. Yeah. Again, I like that one better because you don't have to deal with the static noise. Yeah. Right. So, um, and then we have the REM pod. Quote, the small device has an antenna with its own electromagnetic field and reacts with anything that gets near it. So uh, I have an example. It's used by Zach. Um, again, a couple episodes back, I did the um, Moon River Brewery, and I did talk about this, but basically, like, he set it up in the middle of a room and kind of showed you, like, okay, it's sticking up here straight up, and anytime I get, like, you know, within a couple inches, it'll go, like, beep, 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 or make a little noise. Yeah. So they would just leave it in the middle of the room, and they got a lot of activity off of it. So wow. they did, they propped that one up, um, and then a temperature reader as well, so that wouldn't that would beep if, like, it dropped in temperature. So, like, suddenly, like, mm. you'd hear that go off, and then you'd see, hear the temperature gauge go off, and, like, they kind of went off in tandem. So very oh, creepy. Weird. Um, at one point they left it alone for like, they had a lot of activity and then they left it alone. They didn't hear anything again. And then like, tw- like 45 minutes later, it just like randomly goes off when they're not in the room. So, Ooh, no, 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 Yeah. yeah. <laughs> creepy. Um, and then <laughs> we will end with one of my personal faves, the XCAM SLS, uh, which stands for structured light sensor. Uh, This is a camera that uses technology to recognize human shape by joints and movements and using infrared infrared light as a projector. Wait, is this the one where it looks like a little like stick person? Yes. Like, oh yes. That's, I think this one is so cool. It's right. It's, <laughs> it's so cool. it's so freaky. It is very freaky, but it's also funny because Zach did use this one mm-hmm. in the Cecil Hotel episode, and like it's like this little freaking like stick figure on the elevator, but it kind of looks like it's dancing around. I know sometimes so, they're like it looks so doofy. Them. Yes, like it does. Like look the arm, super like half doofy. an arm will disappear, and then it's back up here, and it just kind of looks like a puppet. Yeah, one hundred percent. That is it. Um, I, uh, for people who may not have seen any of he he uses it quite a lot. A lot of ghost shows mm-hmm. do. Um, but for anyone that hasn't used it, if you ever had the old uh, Xbox 360, I think when you or like whatever Xbox it was where you could like do like the motion games where you could like dance and it would like pick pick you up on the camera. That's the exact mm. same technology that they use. So oh, cool. if you were to, I think there's like a setting you could put it on where like it will project the dots on the wall. Yeah, that's how it's measuring you. It's basically like a just oh. like a grid, like a dot of grids. And it will pick up, like, if I have my arms out straight, it picks up, like, my hand point, my elbow point, my shoulder point. Uh-huh. Things maps it out. Um, but it it gives a human its form. So, like, if I walked in front of it, you'd still, it would map it out, but then it boop, it'd put, like, a like a shadowy figure over me, like a blob. Yeah. That would be, I'm like, okay, it's me. Like, it matches up with my movements. Oh. That's mm-hmm. the difference, because when it maps out the quote-unquote ghosts, there's never a body around it. It is straight up just the joints. So it's like, mm. that's kind of how they use it to like determine like, yo, Zach, there is straight up something on you right now. Like, it's yeah. not, and that kind of proves like, it's not, it's not a person just like next to him that they're mm-hmm. like, oh, like dancing or like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. That's just what it looks like. The first time it popped up, it was like going like this across the elevator. I was like, I think it's what? really creepy because like a lot of the ones that at least just come to memory right away. Like they show Zach, like he's just like bub bub bub, and then the, the 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 things are little. 
they're, yes. yeah. they're either like mm-hmm. I've seen like one where it's like giant and it's standing next to Zach and it's like okay that's creepy but it's like almost even creepier because they're small mm-hmm. like they're on a table next to him and I'm like oh, they're like up in the air like dancing yeah. around yes, <laughs> yes. It's, it's the dancing for me but like, it's the dancing for me <laughs> but yes that's literally it they're literally their like joints just move like there's like nothing it's like jello but yes so um that is the x cam sls um very expensive device um but yeah basically like again like it uh what i have here if a person stands in the camera quote it will show uh, a stick figure and outline of the person a spirit will not have the outline so that kind of oh, helps you. that makes sense but yeah, yeah. so uh, I ended there with one of my faves. So again, like I said, I did not list all of them. That would take six hundred million years. years. I am these yeah, are the ones there's... that I was like, you know, familiar with and could kind of explain it more. Yeah. So mm-hmm. awesome. yeah, that's what I got Thank for you. you. Some communication devices. Um, hopefully, like I know a couple of our friends have these, um, so maybe get to use them someday. We did use them in my house. Nothing happened. Uh, the same night Good. we used a Ouija board, and then. From there, I've seen a couple shadow figures. So, you know, things happen. So. And oh, the house is about to be on the market. Yeah, I'm putting the house on the market <laughs> yeah. in one yeah. week. So don't worry, I'll sage it before we go. Uh, but yeah, so other than that, that's it, y'all. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you want to give us a follow on Instagram, it is Sinister Sunrise Podcast. Same on Facebook. Um, obviously, like you want to see every post we do, so you should follow, not just take a peek. Um, you can like and follow us on Facebook, so do that. Um, we always want suggestions, whether it be a case to go over um, or something, just an individual topic for any of us. We always take our listeners into consideration. Um, so email mm-hmm. that to Sinister Sunrise Podcast at gmail.com. Um, make sure you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, I mean, we say it every time, but I'm not, I'm not gonna repeat that. I was very sad. So we need something positive to read, friends. Yeah, we'll shout you out. Yeah, do it, do it right now. Just say they're cool. <laughs> That's all you have to do. They're cool, and I'll read it, and I'll be really happy. Um, uh, Sarah did not cleverly put this in. Thank you. Honestly, mm-hmm. like, I, because you get me every damn time. But if you head on <laughs> over to zerosweat.com, you can use the code SINISTER at checkout and get 15% off of a $20 purchase or more. Um, I think that's it. I think you got it. Yeah. Cool. So stay tuned next week for episode 58. Ooh. Uh, with that, thanks, guys. Bye. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>